Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another episode. I'm Aaron Osborne, your host. This week, my guest is Louis from Honest Crooks. Um, Louis and I caught up over the phone to talk about the Shinto Katana record, We Can't Be Saved. Um, pretty interesting finally talking about a record that is relatively modern comparatively to what uh, I've otherwise been talking about thus far, um, which has been you know, a lot of old records and sort of classics and things like that. So it was interesting to chat to someone who chose something a little bit more recent and then also something, you know, relatively close connected to things that I've done and uh, obviously that Louis's done as well. Um, we sort of touched on it a bit, but around the time that this record came out for Shinto, my band I exist toured with them. So I know, you know, I've had, I had a personal experience with that. So it was cool to talk about that as well. Um, and then we, you know, chatted quite a bit about Honest Crooks as a band and, you know, how that all got started and being from, you know, Louis being from Tamworth and things like that. And then uh, the type of stuff that they've been working on now, particularly in isolation, um, you know, a bit funny being in a band that's trying to do things and trying to progress and stuff like that when you're trapped inside. Um, but talked a little bit about their record, uh, No Rest, uh, an EP that came out that they put out through EVP recordings. Um, and yeah, talked about what the sort of future's looking like for them there. Uh, it was a good chat. A um, little bit, couple little connection issues throughout, but, you know, totally fine and listenable. Um, please let me know, as usual, if there's anything you want to hear, anyone you want me to talk to or records you want me to talk about. Um, it's been fun doing these lately and, you know, sort of ramping them back up into the regularity that I am. i uh, got some cool other guests coming up soon too, which is exciting. So looking forward to getting all that done. Um, but yeah, for now, please enjoy episode 83 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Louis from Honest Crooks. Fucking brutal. <laughs> All right, well, Louis, thanks for doing the podcast. No problem at all, man. I'm very excited to, uh, to be talking to you today. So, let's kick things off. So, why why did you choose this record? Chose uh, Shinto Katana's We Can't Be Saved. Tell me about it. Okay, so, um, this record, I think, is like insane, but a lot of other people that I know, like, don't know how old it is, like, in high regard that, that I do. It's actually 10 years old this year. It came out in 2010. And since I had this, like, legendary status in, like, Australian Mosh, especially, like, in the Sydney hardcore scene. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. This, like, record, but the first time I heard it, it, like, blew me away. It was essentially, like, a Mosh band doing almost like a death metal record or a deathcore record. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, it's sort of stuck with me ever since I first listened to it and it still inspires my music taste today. And <clears throat> yeah, it's just, it's just a really sick, heavy record for me. <laughs> when, uh, when was the first time you heard it? The first time I heard it, I was actually like pretty late. Um, we can't be saved. So the first time I ever heard Shinto would have been like 2011, 2012, and they did Ghost as a single um, from Redemption. 
Yeah. So I feel like it didn't get received as well because Cold Streets came out as like this melodic metalcore, like melodic mosh record. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a flawless record. Like, I love Cold Streets. It's dope as fuck. But um, I was watching uh, Shinto at Strike Hard Fest, I think it was like 2015, 2016, they did a reunion, mm-hmm. and they played Sila off uh, We Can't Be Saved, and I was like, holy shit, I was like, wait a minute, like, this is like a fucking death metal track, what's going on here? <laughs> and um, I like, hadn't heard that Sila Shinto before, because I was like, all my friends were at 18 to and I, like, I love Mosh, and I've listened to Mosh for a very long time, but I don't know why, like, that record kind of just slipped my grasp, I think, because not a lot of people liked it, not a lot of people spoke about it. And then that day, we, like, went down to um, Resist Records, I have a look around, and um, I saw it in there, and I was like, sick, so I bought it in hard copy, and, yeah, we used to jam it in the van all the time, and we were touring, like, I was like, what the fuck, man, this is the heaviest shit. <laughs> and I don't know, it was something about it, because I was like, this deathcore kid growing up, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, a lot of it, so I just, It's pretty funny because, I mean, obviously, I think <clears throat> I I think I toured with them on the release of this record. So, my old band, I Exist, did um, like our first proper tour really was with uh, Shihalud and Shinto. And I think it, it I mean, it, it was in 2010, so it must have been either before this record came out or after it came out but it must have been around the time of it coming out yeah um and i mean i remember that as well i remember like i mean when i first saw them on that tour i guess i i knew who they were from the cold streets record and i think we'd played shows together prior to that as well but not done a tour together or anything like that but i similarly like i knew them as effectively a relatively like melodic uh you know, a band that had big mosh parts and things like that. But I knew them as kind of in that same ilk as, you know, like your Carpathians and things like that, that still had those kind of melodic yeah. hardcore choruses and stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was, it was definitely on that tour. They were definitely, well, they had to have been playing songs off this record because that's when they started, at least from my memory, having like, you know, blast beat type parts and also like t- yeah. tons of like pinch harmonic squeals and things like that. Like yeah, s- stuff that sure. definitely wasn't in it beforehand. And I just remember thinking like, oh, like I-, I guess I probably come from the same school of thought as you do. Like to me, this is what that should sound like. It's sh- like, I mean, and I- I'm I'm fine with obviously the you know the more melodic choruses and things like that but my opinion of this sort of music is it should should be more kind of like down the death metal lane i guess yeah Um, no absolutely but i I mean i remember i remember them on those shows being like uh yeah i mean obviously it was like incredibly incredibly heavy but i think as well for me one of i guess 
this this band probably was at, at least from my memory like the first band really that i saw in australia like an australian band doing the really you know de- really detuned like mosh stuff um like other bands obviously were you know playing similar stuff but you know tuning to like a or you know g sharp even like that real real detuned yeah. stuff i think these guys were like I mean, and if they weren't the first band to do it in Australia, they were the the band that got the most sort of vibe out of it, at least, I think. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, uh, yeah, you'd see them, like, I think they toured with the Red Shore on the Lost Versus tour, which I think that came out with the Unconsecrated re-release in, like, 2010. Yeah. Around that time as well. So, yeah, but... Like you were saying, man, you can hear it in the in the record. Like it's heaps more like evil tremolo riffs and like yeah. heaps of blast beats, like like brutal death riffs. There's so much like death metal influence, and even he's like lyrics are heaps more like violent, aggressive, like heaps murder and death and hell and like all the sort of dark death metal vibes. And it's just yeah, it completes that package. And I just think like it's it's how they they should have said like i mean don't get me wrong i love redemption like that's a sick record too i think everything they've done is great but i just like i haven't heard another band like kind of do what they did on that record Mm. as well as they've done it and yeah it always blows me away when people say they don't like it On, on twitter the other day um my girlfriend actually shared like four they were doing that four records that you don't skip any tracks on and she put we can't be saved like in her four and Mitch from Shinto like commented on it and he was like, I actually fucking hate that record. Like <laughs> from his own band. And then like I think Dennis from Relentless and like Glads like commented on it and they're like, Yeah, this record fucking sucks. And I was like, What the hell? Like, no way. And I was like, Maybe because it was like hardcore dudes and then yeah. like they released a Deathcore album and then they were like, No, we like Deathcore and shit too, but that record sucked and I was like, What? <laughs> but it just kind of really surprised me but um yeah i mean yeah i don't know man. i i guess like it, it depends on the background you come from though like i mean i'm it, like for me for sure like coming coming from being a metal fan and listening to metal a record like this to me sticks out more than i mean because again like i have no issues with melodic choruses and i mean i was in a melodic hardcore band as well before i did all the stuff <laughs> that i've done now but like yeah true you know the the this stuff to me is like this uh i i think to me this stuff has more longevity like it it's yeah. it's not a tie it's not as time and place specific as like what melodic hardcore was because i mean that was very of the time that it was released you know that that melodic hardcore type music like it was really that like those bands don't exist anymore in the same way that they did back then you know um yeah. And I think there's probably a reason for that, you know, <laughs> if, if it was <laughs> if, it, if it was the best way to do it, I'm sure there'd be more of them. But, uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's no, my opinion. Sure. I, I just like metal stuff more. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like, there's not really any bands doing the, like, Cold Streets or Redemption sort of Shinto style in Australia. Like, Brody, our vocalist, he plays in a mosh band called Underminer, and they're kind of doing the the Shinto style. But yeah, honestly, I can't think of any other band that's been doing it recently, or like has done sort of the last five years or so. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's 
if that's like there's a reason behind that or not but a lot of bands are sort of bringing in this death metal brutal death sort of influence and especially like our band like honest crooks we take heaps of influence from like slam and death metal and stuff like that and even deathcore and try and like mold it all together because that's like essentially like palm muted heavy chug riffs with like tremolo tails and pinch harmonics like all that shit is so badass yeah it sounds so heavy and like yeah there's heaps of bands that's what i was saying like this record i feel like was even before its time and these people that are kind of still saying now that it sucks i was like maybe if they went back and listened to it they might change their opinion or they've got this like thing in their head from 10 years ago where it yeah. was received poorly everyone was just like oh it sucked so it's kind of been written off that way but Man, honestly, if they like, because Shinto have come back, they've been doing reunion shows or like planned on doing reunion shows. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about it as well, because it's almost relevant again. All their stuff's on Spotify, so I've been listening to it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Um, my other band, Volatile Ways, we were going to do uh, the Newcastle show, that confession, um, Shinto, what oh, yeah. they were doing. Um, so I was like, just jamming it heaps more. And I was like, fuck, man, like, this is timeless to me. Like, I feel like, if a band came out and released a record like this today, like it would just fucking blow up because like a lot of, even like modern day beatdown bands essentially are just like death metal riffs with breakdowns and like in roots, that's deathcore, but like without yeah, yeah. the high vocal, stuff, it's more like the sort of mid to low range, aggressive sort of hardcore beatdown vocals over like death metal tracks. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I find that interesting too. Cause I mean, to me, this sounds to, yeah, to me, this record sounds a lot more like music that's being released now than it does, you know, yeah, like like you said, like maybe this just was not, it didn't come out at the right time or whatever. I mean, I think yeah. I, I think the other thing though too, um, like I don't know how you feel about this, but I mean, I often look back on records that I've played on or, you know, from my band, and you know, sometimes there are things that I think suck that everyone else likes a lot, you know, but like yeah. that also might be, you know, that that often is, you know, the hangover of, yeah, maybe if it was received poorly, then, you know, the band would think, oh, it's shit because it was received poorly. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like time is what really tells with that stuff. And I guess- like you mentioned, like a lot more bands now sound like this record than they do the other ones that were received better at the time. So, you know, maybe it is yeah. something that's lasted out a little bit longer. Yeah, I know, for sure. Um, for sure, and it still, yeah, it still holds up for me, definitely. Yeah. So, like, when, when you were getting into this record, was there other stuff around the same time that you were listening to a lot or was this kind of, like, the standout thing about of that you know this style of music at the time that you were listening to um i can't really remember like around that time um i was listening to like a whole heap of just like australian bands because that was pretty early honest crooks days so yeah we were just getting into as many sort of like local australian bands that we could like to see if we could jump on shows or get tours or what bands we could play with and support so i was always trying to like find and listen to new Australian bands. But yeah, this record, I don't know, it really just stood out to me because I wanted, I've always wanted Honest Crooks to be like, I don't, I don't like the term deathcore because it's like a lot of modern deathcore bands are like real formulaic and it's kind of like tarnished the name a bit to like 
the whole OG MySpace era deathcore bands that <laughs> have had status. So it's like it's kind of like a dirty word, like yeah. essentially. But expecting um, you to have a and- big fringe and tight jeans like that. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and i always wanted to sort of steer away from the really like high like raspy vocals and keep a lot of the like super aggressive mids and lows and like gutturals so i always loved the really heavy side of deathcore and then but i didn't really want to be pigeonholed as a deathcore band and that's why we've always played like as many shows as we could with as many different types of bands and we have like friends in metalcore bands, friends in hardcore bands, friends yeah. in death metal bands. Like, so we've kind of just tried our best to um, be versatile in that way. And I listened to this album and I was like, this, like, this is what I want our band to sound like. Mm. like even though we, we haven't essentially done anything that sounds quite like this record, but I just really thought it influenced like my taste. As soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's like death metal riff, mosh part, like it still can have a chorus section. It's got an evil part. It's got a guitar solo. Like he's throwing a dive bomb in there. Like, it's like all the cool, it's like everything that I thought was sick just got <laughs> thrown into like every song on this, on this record. And I was like, holy shit. Like, and even like Brody, our vocalist, we talk about it all the time. It's like, we want our next record to sound like this. Like we want to write music that sounds like this. And it, it doesn't like uh, the new song we wrote, written doesn't sound like this at all, but, um yeah it's just got this i don't know what it is man i just whatever they did on that record it really stands out to me as something that i want to do and a style that i'm sort of pursuing and yeah. i'm kind of doing that with with my new band i have a lot more like creative control and yeah a lot of those songs are kind of got this sort of death mosh kind of vibe yeah so what sort of like i guess <clears throat> with um yeah obviously you know we're, we're talking because honest crooks is been doing new stuff lately what what's like is that how you you know the i guess the vision where you guys see yourself going into more of that like death metal type influence and things like that yeah definitely so we've been doing a a record very early stages of a record with uh elliot at chameleon mm-hmm. sound in sydney yeah and we did our three track uh damage control seven inch with him last year and and uh, he was great to work with. And we he's done sound for us on tours because he was doing sound uh, for Justice for the Dam. That's when we first met him on the Drags Through the Dirt Tour in 2017. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we kept kept in touch with him. And he did sound for a bunch of our tours. And he was like, yeah, come down to Sydney. We'll, like, we'll work on some songs together. Like, I've wanted to work with your band for a while. And we're like, yeah, cool, cool. And he's got this more, like, <clears throat> I guess, metal influence as well from his old band's. Uh, like legions and now wreath and he's doing like a bunch of other stuff and work with elliot kind of directed our our style like a little bit more down a metal path and a death metal path but the songs that we've been writing are like so we did no rest and it's this kind of like straight mosh track yeah and it's probably the most like that on the album and then the rest are like heaps yeah it's like a very different sort of vibe for us and there's, there's a lot of the death metal vibe, but I don't know if it's as sort of like as modern death metal influences you could hear in the in the Shinto record. There's like a whole broad sort of range, but yeah, we wanted to steer a little bit away from the sort of, I guess, deathcore sounds of the Suffer EP to suit Brody's vocals more too. So Brody yeah. went from guitar to vocals 
and he's got this mid low super aggressive like hell just i don't know it's like a fucking barking dog he's like <laughs> just got this really <laughs> he's got this really hard like mid-range vocal and i love it like it's it's one of my favorite things and i, I mean that sort of comes from the mosh roots as well like he's he's always been like a mosh dude and then you listen to like bands like shinto or even say like recon or bury your dead yeah um, sure so, yeah he's of that sort of just hard like hard hitting vocal style and we're like well we need to like incorporate that too into the writing of our new material so yeah it's it's cool it's like it's cool and fresh to be doing something different to what we've done and and working with elliot's been a breeze he's like he's a wizard at what he does it's really cool yeah that's sick so what's like what what would be the comparative I suppose stuff that you're you're pulling influence from now other than other than like a record like this is there is there other sort of like death metal stuff that you guys are trying to take more influence from in your writing? Um, main like not specifically Callum our guitarist is like our main songwriter, mm-hmm. um, and he's like he's a super metal dude. He's always been. Like into he's a Canberra dude actually. Oh, um, there Callum you go. Johnston. Yeah, um, yeah. He's always been like he's loved. He's more like like blackened death, and like he loves like Behemoth and like Cradle of Filth and sure. um, like Batushka. He, like he loves heaps of these like black metal bands and stuff. And he's got just yeah, he's like a riff machine. He's got all these <laughs> like old riffs compiled, and he just writes and writes and writes, and then. Sometimes you just come out with something like super out there. Like there's a track that's got this like big Southern metal riff at the end. And like, right. Just things. I'm like, where, like, where did you come up with that? And we've, <laughs> we've tried to like take it all, like take it all in and sort of not rule anything out. There's like a, a kind of like sludgy doomy track on there and stuff. And, and when we listen to it from front to back, it's got like this sort of broader range of style that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And I, that's kind of what I wanted for a record because I was like, I don't want to do, like, you can get repetitive if you've got 10 more tracks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, and, and we're not really following, like, any sort of formula. I guess our older stuff didn't really either. Like, we don't have a lot of, like, structure in our songs. It's not just, like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know what I mean? It's like, mm. we, like, want a cool riff, a mosh part, like, a big part, more mosh part. It was like, anything that we think will make people get into it live. Like we kind of write music for our live shows, if that makes sense too. Yeah. And I mean, I think um, music, music, like what you guys play and, you know, like stuff like the Shinto record and things like that as well. Like, I mean, the purpose of it is to be played live really, you know, like it's, it, it obviously you put out records. So people have, you know, vantage points to listen to the songs and stuff like that too. But at the same time, like, I mean, that's, you know, you, you play, you play music for a reason. You don't just play music to jerk yourself off. You play, you play it so that, so that, so that people can watch you, you know, like it's a bit yeah. of a, there's a performance element to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like the, yeah, we want, we want people to know like when to bash each other, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> That's a good. That's a good way to approach it. Um, how how do you guys go managing? Are you guys still sort of spread out quite a bit? Like, I mean, I know that at one point the band was sort of all kind of all over the country. Is that still yeah, the case? 
Yeah, it's still exactly the case. So this, uh, as much as this situation is hurting, like every band worldwide, yeah. um, us being like in like multiple different locations and even different states, yeah. it's like hard for us to, like if we all lived in Sydney, we could probably get together and do some more work on the record or like do some sort of video work or something like that. But Cal's in Canberra. I, heard, I don't know how true it is, but there was like, if he was to cross the border and go back, there'd be some sort of like isolation. Or yeah, like you'd have to be quarantined, yeah. Yeah, so then he has to take like extra time off work. and Because we actually had time booked for the record um, in April. So it would have been last week we had the whole studio. And, oh, uh, right. Yeah, so we couldn't do that. Um, but yeah, I'm in Tamworth, New South Wales. So it's like regional yeah, yeah. country music, fucking capital of Australia. Sammy, our drummer, is in the Central Coast. Brody, vocalist, is in Sydney. Callum Guitar in Canberra. So there's nine hours between Callum and I. Yeah, brutal. How um how yeah, how do you man how do you manage that usually? Um, everything like we do as much as we can online. As I was saying, that Cal is the main songwriter, so he would essentially like just bang out tracks and tracks, or he just link a bunch of riffs that he had together and just send them through, send them through. And then we'd all critique it and say, like, we like this, don't like this, maybe try doing this here, adding this here, whatever. And he, like, he records at home. So yeah. he would just fuck around and change everything up at home and, like, resend them through. And we kind of just chat online and do that. Crack, we don't crack enough <laughs> because there's so much distance. If we need to do anything, it's we meet in Sydney, which is, six hours from me yeah brutal. um so yeah even if we wanted to do like a prac on a weekend we do we'd book a saturday sunday prac and yeah it's six hours down six hours home for me so it's like a whole weekend gone yeah like 100 120 150 bucks in fuel you know what i mean like just to get down to a to one prac but we like we've made it work cal's been in the band since pretty much since the beginning so like the end of 2014 so mm. We've kind of just always made it work. When he approached us from Canberra, I was like, oh, well, I did say we're looking for someone in New South Wales and, you know, the ACT is kind of inside New South Wales. So I guess <laughs> I guess he's eligible. He got in on um, technicality. And, yeah. And uh, he was playing this like little mosh band at the time that I think they just split up. And I was like, yeah, well, like, we'll give it a crack. Like we had no idea. We had, it was me and, uh, Barry, our original vocalist that we'd played in a couple of shitty bands in Tamworth, like never left the the city to to play any shows outside of here. Yeah. So we'd play like, you know, one show a year with like fucking North Lane or the Storm Picturesque or any band that would be willing to sort of make a trip to a regional town. And then mm. we would just travel to Newcastle as much as we could to watch any big tours coming through. Yeah. Um, so we just had these two two young guys in the band that we didn't even know that we just knew listen to like some kind of alternative music and we tried to to make a band out of it and then the first guitarist like left after our first show essentially like he was in the band for about two months and then that's when we go cal and we're like oh give it a shot we we don't know really anyone we're not friends with anyone yet in the scene that we don't know anyone that can can join our band so we're like we'll give this guy a go we've met in sydney I was pretty much teaching him the songs 
on bass and trying to get him to transpose it to guitar <laughs> like before our set in Sydney, the first time we ever played in Sydney, Liverpool, PCYC. Yeah. And uh, it was it was pretty rough. <laughs> but <laughs> Um, okay, man, we yeah, we played shows like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we just like, we're like, fuck it, man. We wanted to do it. I was 24 when we started this band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I'd always just, I just wanted to travel and tour in a band. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do whatever I have to do to make this work. I mean, I had my, like, I had a car, I had a full license, everything. Like, I was like, I can drive everyone around. We can meet wherever. We'll do whatever we can to, um, to make it work i always just wanted to play in a band like the style that we were playing like the first time i'd had creative control over a band and yeah i just really wanted to to push it as hard as we could so we just sort of made it work it's it hasn't been easy like for sure like yeah but it's what we've had to do and and cal cal is great and he's a, he's a great songwriter and, and a great guitarist and and you know he's put in the hard yards too like sometimes he would come to Tamworth um, for practice. We try and make it like a bit fairer when there was more members located in Tamworth. Like Cal would come up here sometimes for practice, things like that. So, like, it's not like I was the only one making the effort. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was kind of spread out, and everyone. It was it was cool. Like as the time's gone on and people have sort of fallen out or, or new people have come in, everyone's sort of had the same idea and the same sort of dedication to the band. So it's been. It's been really cool that we've we've had a fair few like good people in the bands, and it's always been good to to work together. Yeah, what was it like? What was it like trying to? I mean, getting into heavy music and th- and stuff like that in Tamworth. Like, was it? Because I mean, obviously, it's. I mean, it's a town that's synonymous with music, but it's not. It's not very not very <laughs> common to listen to Shinto Katana in Tamworth. I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's why I was kind of late. Uh, like late to Shinto, as I was saying, like, um, yeah, Cold Streets has this like legendary status. Um, and that was like, that was before my time, you know. I mean, I was listening to heavy music then, but I'd, I'd had no idea who Shinto Katana were, yeah, sure. Um, so, and I don't know, like, I always think about this when people say, like, what were the first sort of heavy bands you got into and things like that. And I guess I like, kind of just came up through, through like, bands you'd see on on like um channel v or mtv or something like so you get like slipknot or yeah, like yeah. disturbed and bands like different bands in like video games like motocross games and things like that and then sort of like got this taste and i was like you know i like this like heavier stuff and then i was into like, like emo bands in high school and stuff like that too and then you get into post-hardcore bands and then from that you get into metalcore bands yeah it's like okay this band this band has more screaming than singing. I'm like, cool. I'm listening to that band now. <laughs> and then you like, I just, yeah, I guess I kind of just went through that. And then, and in high school, like, cause my older brother wasn't into heavy music. Um, I didn't have really any friends that were into it. And there's this story I was actually telling Robert from, um, life Lair the other day, mm-hmm. my dad's best mates, uh, oldest son was like super into fucking heavy music. And he is, probably 10 years older than me. So just go back to like, maybe like 2005, 2006. And he listened to bands like Korn and like, he's more like new metal bands, but he also listened to like a bunch of Australian bands too. And I like, I didn't know anything about like Australian hardcore or anything like that. And then one day, like 
I was in the car, like in a work car with my dad and his best mate. They were like, oh, Dave's left one of his CDs in here and they like put it in the stereo and I'll never forget it. They both like started headbanging like simultaneously and I was like pissing myself laughing. I'd never seen it. I was like 14 <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, this is actually fucking sick. And I, um, so when I got home, I like ripped the CD out of the car and like put it under the computer and ripped it off. It was Carpathian, uh, nothing oh, to wow. lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No shit. And I was like, yeah, like, this was cool as fuck. I'll never forget it. I still remember pulling the CD out, the black CD with the white C on it. Yeah. Like, I still remember it all. Because it didn't have a name on the CD. It just had the C. And I was like, what the fuck's this? Like, this is cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, I ripped my computer. And I think that record came out in 2006, 2005, 2006. So, that was, like, one of my introductions to, like, Australian hardcore. And then, in high school, you know, I'd, I'd try and sit next to somebody that I knew had, like, Parkway Drive on their fucking iPod or, like, <laughs> I Kill the Prom Queen or Bring Me the Horizon or, like, you know, my friends that, that had just put their older brother's music onto their iPod. So I'd, I'd, like, try and sit next to them in class so I could, like, try and find out new music through them. And um, even though that they weren't really into the music, if that made sense, like, I'd, like, scan their iPod and, like, any band that sounded kind of heavy, I'd, like, put them on and, like, try and discover bands that way because it was like early internet stages. It was like dial up internet. Like I remember before we even got a family computer at home and I was like hearing bands on MTV and I was like writing down like Atreyu or Alexis on fire or like these bands that are like, Oh, this band's got fucking screaming. This is sick. You know, this heavy band, like write it down on a list of bands to download when we got our first computer. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, and then just, I still remember like LimeWire yeah, and I just type in like metalcore or like hardcore or you know whatever breakdowns. I just t- type this shit into LimeWire and and I had this like sick library. I that computer like I wouldn't even know where it is. I like lost all this music, but I used to be like held nerdy about it, and I'd fucking put in all these genres, and I'd be like, yeah, mathcore, like yeah, that that had a time signature change. That band's mathcore now, yeah, sick, and like metalcore and deathcore, and I'd like label them all like just fucking young as and then um myspace man myspace was sick for discovering bands for me like yeah absolutely there was one or breakdown the breakdown compilations it sounds so funny but i was like i fucking love breakdowns i was saying like i'm, I'm a mosh dude <laughs> so any bands with like fucking huge breakdowns i go on youtube and i like type in like best breakdown compilation or whatever and the first dude, no shit the first one that i ever watched uh had Antag and the Red Shore in it, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" That was the first time I heard both of those bands. It was from like a breakdown compilation video in like 2006, <laughs> and yeah. And then years later, we got to, you know, this year we got to play with the Red Shore on the reunion show, first show in ten years. Like I never, ever would have thought, like in my yeah. wildest dreams, that I'd get to play with them. And uh, 2018, we got to do a, like a tour with Antag, and it's like. It's so crazy to me, man, that, like, from watching breakdown compilation videos on my fucking dial-up computer in 2006 <laughs> to actually, like, playing playing and touring with these bands, you know, like, 12, 13, 14 years later. It's it's fucking crazy. But that was that was really, like, that was such a big way to find bands for me. And Oh, yeah. They'd have, they'd have all the, like, MySpace links, like, in the video comments. <laughs> so I'd go on and, and I'd click them and then, you know, they'd have their top eight myspace which would be like a bunch of other bands with their names written in capital letters and have like on tour like in brackets <laughs> or in the studio and i'm like yeah sick like 
So I just go on and like follow a bunch of bands like that. Well, and, um, one of the things I realized the other week, I was sort of going through this I Exist merch at my house to put on our web store. And I was like, yeah. I realized how old our band is in that on our first record at the bottom of the record, like the bottom of the LP, it says myspace.com slash I exist music. <laughs> and I was like, cool, that fucking URL has surely been dead for like 10 years now at least. <laughs> Yeah, and it's going to be printed on every time if that record ever gets repressed i'm not going to like i'm not going to redo the artwork just to take that off but it's just (laughs) it's on there forever now so it's a real it's one of those things like it's 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 been cool for the last 10 years to have your facebook and your instagram whatever twitter details but like myspace just fucking bailed out so hard (laughs) it's just yeah you know but i mean crazy I had the same thing. I mean, I think when <clears throat> when we, I mean, certainly I definitely like ruined a couple home computers thanks to LimeWire, you know, <laughs> virus downloads. Um, yeah, absolutely. But like, uh, you know, it was that all that that time in place was like massive for for getting into stuff. And I mean, definitely in Australia at the time, it was like it was the the like the premier way of getting yourself on shows and getting, you know, getting information out there and sharing things and stuff like that. And I mean, I think all those bands that I started playing in in Canberra at the time, like we would have never, we wouldn't have been able to do anything had we not been using platforms like that, you know, to our advantage. And I guess, you know, the the difference and I suppose the positive side of, you know, the internet as a tool now is that like, everything is so much more connected now than it was previously. So that, you know, when, when you do something like, you know, like Honest Crooks have done, like putting, putting out, you know, singles and music videos and things like that, it can, you can get it on everything and everyone you can, you know, you can get it in front of as many people as you can. Whereas like, man, it was, it was hard back (laughs) years ago when it was like on one thing and you'd hope that people would buy your burnt CD demos at shows and shit, you know, like. Yeah, absolutely. It's very different. I can't imagine, I can't imagine like not having like the internet as a platform. Like I don't understand how, how bands used to do it. And then like you see the old tour dates too, you know, they do Australian tours that had like 15 to 20 tour dates. And it's like, holy shit. Like that was like pre Facebook. Like that was still like even early MySpace days. And it's like, how did they get this out? It was like through fucking Blunt Magazine and like posting flyers up around the town and stuff like that. And it's like, fuck, man, it's such a different a different era. And I was saying before too, like um, how I said I hadn't like heard Shinto. That was the other thing about being from a regional area. Like a lot of the local bands or like the smaller sort of touring bands slipped past me because obviously no bands would tour in. Mm. Tamworth and I was too young to like to have my license to drive to Newcastle or Sydney to to go to these shows so yeah it was just by chance of if I saw a band in that video or if I found like another band on MySpace or something like that like yeah I sort of missed like a whole era of these smaller <clears throat> excuse me like Australian hardcore bands or deathcore bands even and like over the last sort of I guess like eight to ten years I've gradually sort of discovered more and more and like, or had people send me these or become friends with people that used to play in these bands and stuff like that. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like 
I can't believe that. I've never heard of this band. Like Robert, who I was talking about before the other day, sent me um, through closed eyes. This like yep. OG fucking metalcore oh, band, like around yeah, dude, around the time of like um, killing with a smile, like don't close your eyes, and like early prom queen, and they're doing the same style, if, if not heavier, and if not better. And I'm like, holy shit, I've never heard of this band before in my life. Yeah, I put it on my story. I think some mates like saying, oh, "This band is the craziest fucking band in a wild life. Like this shows are crazy, like all this stuff." Like heaps of mates replying to it that, that, that had seen them like 15 years ago, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I'd never even heard of this band. This was only like last week or the week before, and I was like, yeah. "Fuck!" So there's still so many like of these bands that are just like off my radar from sort of not being heavily involved in the scene until only you know like six, seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that that's always like, I mean, I suppose too, at the end of the day, like Adelaide's fucking ages away from Tamworth and, 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 and like 15 years ago, it was double as far because it wasn't like, because there wasn't the internet to help it. Um, I mean, I think like even stuff like that, I mean, even like I mentioned earlier, like I definitely toured with Shinto around this, the time that this record came out and like, even that tour was like, I think it was, I mean, it was definitely like two shows in Sydney, two shows in Brisbane, Canberra, Newcastle, yeah. Adelaide, two shows in Melbourne. <laughs> like it was, and like, if yeah. you com- compare that to something now, it's like impossible to plan something like that. <laughs> like, like you just wouldn't even bother doing it, you know? Yeah. It was a different, it was, a, I mean, I, and I guess- yeah, I, I think the other thing too with that though as well was that that was probably part of the internet not being around as much as well. Like, so people were actively were going to more of those things. I mean, and I think there's yeah. definitely, there's definitely a little bit less of a culture now of a, a culture or at least the need of doing things like every town you go to do an all ages show and an over 18 show. Like now it's kind of just like, you do the one that suits that town the best. You know, if it's if the yeah. if the venue there is good and it's all ages, then that's the all ages show. You know, um, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it, it, like obviously things like that change over time. But you know, um, so what I guess, despite you know, obviously things a little bit put on hold then by the current you know situation we're in in the world. But what what's yeah. what's the plan for Honest Crooks coming up? Um, so we're, we're definitely trying to focus on the record for now. Um, can we get that sort of laid down? It's, it's not a lot of bands get the chance to do that. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Without sort of falling behind without releasing any music. I'm glad that we could, that we got to put the single out and the video out like before this happened. Um, hopefully like we can get these like restrictions lifted. So it's like small gatherings are allowed or something like that. So we can actually get time into the studio, but yeah, I don't know when things will lift, like when shows will become a thing again, but yeah, we definitely wanted to, to sort of push touring hard this year. I had like a little run booked, um, to sort of promote no rest, the single that we did. And then, I had plans to to try and bring over like an international band. Yeah. Um. To tour, like I wanted to bring over one, like just to tour them, not with Honest Crooks. I wanted to try and get 
a little bit more into um, the booking side of things sure. outside of my own band because I've always booked Honest Crooks. I've always done our own shows, our own tours and that sort of thing. Yeah. I've always had an interest in doing it. So I was like, I want to kind of get active like in that side of things. And then I wanted to sort of do a trial run with a band and then try and bring out an international band to tour with us. Like, so try and do like a record tour and sort of make a bit of a statement by like bringing over a, like a band that we fucked with for a while and sort of spending that money to, to do something really sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even now, like with who knows how long it'll be till international borders. Yeah. It's pretty uh, brutal. Back yeah, it is for sure. But I guess like we're just trying to think of the best ways that we can, we can be active in this time and like trying to think of how, like if we do get the record and, finalized and recorded and stuff like that like how we can go about you know release strategies or what we do because you know we, we can't film music videos at the moment so like mm. talked about maybe doing some kind of visualizer um as like a release promo or something like that because we've got a, a whole sort of theme with the album and yeah. um if we get the right person like we might be able to create something cool without us all needing to be together yeah to sure do, like a performance video yeah and then yeah, man, it's all it's all a bit yeah, up in the air at the moment. But we, yeah, we just want to just keep pushing as hard as we can. Like release, we're trying to sort of pull away from the older songs. Obviously, with the vocalist change, mm-hmm. and uh, and push these new songs. So we actually had a couple of new songs planned uh, for the set list for this like no re- no rest release tour. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to pushed forward with the new material and uh and sort of leave the older stuff in the past and and yeah get these these new songs ready and then starting again like for the next record so we've, we've always kind of just tried to sort of like snowball with um touring and then having cal just like writing songs writing songs yeah um we were going into would have been our 10th um australian tour so yeah we've always tried to like push and push and do as many of our own tours and support tours that we can get and uh yeah just trying to to stay afloat and stay relevant and then hopefully we can sort of build a rapport to get overseas you know what i mean we wanted to try and get to europe and and sort of like maybe do some opening slots over there yeah and get the right tour you're sort of just trying to to network as much as we can because we do like reasonable with merch internationally which is like a little bit surprising considering the postage costs and stuff to get <laughs> yeah overseas when we don't have like a an international a store like we don't have like a euro store or an american store or anything like that so some of these people buying merch are, are paying like the same amount for a t-shirt uh, in shipping you know what i mean so it's like yeah it might be a 25 dollar t-shirt with 25 dollars shipping and it's like it's insane, but it's really cool to have dedicated fans like that. And I've, I've put up a post, it might have been on my Instagram or something a few weeks ago, and I was like, it's so humbling to sit in my like lounge room in this little town like called Katinga, which is outside of Tamworth, a town of 2,000 people, and I'm sending merch orders around the world. Like, Yeah, it's sick. It was a time I think sent to like six different countries or something like that from one merch drop, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? It's like... yeah. It's me just sitting in my lounge room at 
in the house I grew up in, <laughs> like sending stuff around the world from this dumb heavy band that we started. And it's like, it's crazy. So hopefully, yeah, we can, once this all sort of works itself out, we can, we can try and look into that too. But we wanted to, to try and establish ourselves in Australia first. You know what I mean? I don't want to be doing like hundred cab shows and like, go, yeah, we're, we're going to try and go overseas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to try and sort of build up this fan base in Australia and try and get, you know, some, some sold out shows and some bigger venues and try and, make a name for ourselves because I've seen bands in the past, you know, might go overseas like too early or something like that. And people might forget about them. You know what I mean? Or they haven't yeah. put in the hard yards. Like, <laughs> or they sort of lose touch like, with what they're actually doing then as well. And they end up just, yeah. you know, catering to catering to something that, you know, again, like I think a big thing for me is always thinking about longevity. Like at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's really cool to go do something, but if you only do it for fucking two years and then it's over, like, is what was the point, you know? Like, I, I would rather be doing shit that, you know, music and records and stuff that people want to listen to when they're older or and as well, like, doing things that serve a purpose, you know, like, going, like the times that I've gone and done that stuff overseas, it was really fun and had a great time, but it then also was like, a good memory for us, but it also worked really well for the band at the time and things like that, you know, like it, it serves a purpose. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're just, we're just going to try and, and yeah, get that sort of that name for us. And like, we're, we're sort of around, around the level that we want to be. Like, you know, a lot of people can see that we are putting in the, the yards. Like, I, yeah, absolutely. I love, I love seeing when people say that we're a hardworking band because, it, it's like cool to be recognized as that because we do put in like a lot of effort and we do work really hard to to uh, get where we are and and it's exciting and and yeah hopefully once it once it all calms down we can we can keep going down that path yeah sick well uh, I won't take up any more of your time thank you for taking the time to chat to me about you know about Shinto and about honest crooks and all that um but, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, when all this shit sort of pans out and everything levels out again, I think it'll be a really good, you know, a really good time to strike as well because people will have spent, you know, hopefully not too much more like longer, but at the same time, like people will have spent this whole time fucking doing nothing. So they're going to be super yeah. keen to go to shows again and things like that. I know it's driving me crazy yeah. not doing anything like just sitting at home all the time so yeah me too man everyone seems to be raring to go and like merch sales are still coming through and stuff like that so yeah. that's really cool that's the best thing for people to do to to keep supporting bands that way yeah absolutely well yeah th thanks for chatting to me mate and um yeah all the best with everything and we'll talk to you soon no problems Aaron. thanks very much man appreciate it cheers dude